Have you tried changing your health year on year, resolving that this year things are going to be different, but nothing seems to change? Oftentimes, when things are not changing, we're following many wellness myths and not looking at the full picture, including our nutrition, recovery, stress management, leaving out mind-body connection. I want to introduce you to Wellness Redefined, a new podcast from Refillion Media that's here to dispel all your myths about wellness and fitness while sharing stories of how we redefine what it means to be healthy. On each episode, we'll be talking to experts from all walks of life who will share their own unique wellness journey and offer their perspective. I am your host, Tamika Rochester, founder and CEO of Harlem Cycle, a premier wellness space in New York City with a focus on indoor cycling. I've been an advocate for wellness since as early as I can remember. So if this sounds like something that could help change your life, go ahead and pause the show you're listening to and subscribe to Wellness Redefined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Storytime, where we talk about all things real estate. I'm your host, Saad Munir. Today's topic is especially exciting for me. I mean, they all are, but this one especially so. Real Estate Investing 101. Today's goal is simple, to educate anyone interested in getting started on the various real estate investment options, discussing what to look out for, and providing some tips for success. Look, just like with anything, real estate investing is not for everybody. But if it fits your goals, and if you're excited about it, it can change your life. I truly mean that. For those of you wondering what makes me qualified to speak about such a topic, yes, I'm a realtor and I work with investors, but I've actually been an investor myself longer than I've been a realtor. I've invested in condos, multifamilies, uh, a syndication as well. So hopefully I can shed some light on a few things for you based on my experience. So a few bits of info for you to set the stage. Number one, over the long term, real estate has historically appreciated in value. For example, the Case-Shiller Index showed a 33.5% increase in home prices from January 2010 to January 2021. Location plays a whole huge role in that. Some areas have seen much more growth during that time. For example, the Northeast is an example. Um, and we all know what's happened since January 2021, further adding to those gains. For those of you thinking, well, Saad, I already invest in the stock market. Real estate provides diversification benefits to investment portfolios. According to the National Council of Real Estate Investment Fiduciaries, the correlation between direct real estate returns and returns from stocks and bonds has been relatively low, indicating there's a real opportunity for diversification if you choose to invest in both. Real estate is often considered an effective hedge against inflation. Uh, as inflation rises, as it has been doing over the last couple of years, property values and rental income tend to increase, helping investors preserve their purchasing power. Real estate has historically delivered stable long-term returns. The National Association of Real Estate Investment Trusts reported that REITs, which is short for Real Estate Investment Trusts, outperformed the S&P 500 index in terms of total returns over a several decade time frame. In many urban areas, demand for rental housing has been on the rise due to factors such as change in demographics, lifestyle preferences, affordability constraints. This trend has a potential to drive rental income for investors. Uh, and that's been the case 
for the past several years, the past several decades, and it will continue to be the case. Lastly, real estate investing is a proven strategy for building long-term wealth. Data from Federal Reserve's Survey of Consumer Finances consistently shows that homeowners' net worth is significantly higher than that of renters at every income level, bar none. Now, I know these highlight the positives, but don't worry, we'll talk about the pitfalls and risk mitigation in just a bit. But it is important to keep these things in the back of your mind if you want to invest but need that extra nudge. Okay, so let's take a quick break before we address a few listener questions and then dive into some details on real estate investing. Hey everyone, Saad here from Storytime. I hope you're enjoying all the talk about real estate. I absolutely love it and I have been having a ton of fun putting these together for you. If you're liking what you're hearing or even if you've learned something new, one thing that would be super helpful is if you would leave a rating on Spotify and a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. It would mean a ton to us. It helps us reach more people and build a community of real estate enthusiasts. Also, if you have any real estate questions, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me through my Instagram handle. That's Saad Munir. I'm easily searchable, but S-A-A-D-M-U-N-1-R. The I is a one. And I might even be able to answer your question in a future episode. Thanks again for tuning into Storytime. Welcome back to Storytime. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, real estate investing. But before we do, let's get into some listener questions. Number one, help. Is it bad to buy a house right now or should we wait until the rates come down? Will the rates come down? What should we do? Now, nobody knows when rates will come down, right? And anybody who tells you they do, they're lying, right? There are several different kind of opinions out there and what have you, but nobody can predict the future. They will eventually, however, come down. Nowhere near the 2 to 3% folks were excited about not long ago. Um, but it's not bad to buy a house right now, to answer your question. In fact, there are more opportunities now to get places below asking while keeping majority of your contingencies. And those opportunities will be lost once rates go down. If you buy now, you can refinance later. If you can afford to do so, that's a better route than getting caught in bidding wars later on. I always tell folks, lock in the asset while you can, because nobody can take that away from you once you have it. Down the line, it's just going to be that much harder to lock in that asset. Number two, a friend and I are looking into buy a two unit together. We both live in Los Angeles and individually, we don't think we could buy a place ourselves. Certainly not a nice one. But if we pool our money, we think we could get a decent place where we both live in one of the units. What are your thoughts on going into a partnership like this with a friend? This is a fantastic question, especially since I recently got into a partnership myself. So first, buying a two-family without getting an investment property loan is definitely interesting, uh, definitely worth considering. Just make sure you know the area and understand rental comps if and when uh, one or both of you decide to move. You want to make sure that you know the, the comps are appropriate and the comps make sense from an investment perspective. Uh, but most importantly, make sure you and your friend are on the same page generally in regards to your goals for the property. Your partners, your business partners, 
That'll be paramount to keep in mind here. Treat this partnership like a business and don't be all loosey-goosey with the details. Just because you're friends, and similarly, I mean, it goes with family as well. Just because you're friends, just because you're family, doesn't mean you'll make good business partners. So make sure you have that discussion and that you're, uh, you're tight with the details. The last question. On one of your recent episodes, you mentioned how important photography is. I'm not a big fan of the pictures my realtor has up for our condo. Can we hire someone ourselves? What do you think we should do? So you definitely can, but I'd talk to your realtor first and tell them you want the pictures changed uh, and why. At first, be curious as to why you're not a fan, but I'm assuming you likely believe the quality is lacking. Your realtor will need to upload them to MLS anyway, so get them involved right away. They may just realize right then and there that they dropped the ball um, and decide to get someone good in right away like they should have from the beginning. Frankly, if they do not do that and they don't take that step, you need to get out of any agreement you're in with this realtor and find a new one. Now, let's get back to the topic of the episode, Real Estate Investing 101. Okay, so let's first talk about the types of real estate investments. Uh, and I'll, I'll break it down into three different areas. First, residential real estate. Uh, you've got single family homes, you've got condos, you've got multifamily properties. Uh, one nuance there is that if you're, if it's to be considered residential, it's got to be between two and four units, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. And then vacation rentals, which are typically short-term rentals, Airbnb, VRBO, those kind of things. Second, commercial real estate. You've got office buildings, you've got retail space, You've got industrial properties, mixed-use developments. Mixed-use developments are those properties that have both residential and commercial components to them, typically. And then there's also five-plus unit multifamilies. I mentioned earlier that if something is two to four units, it can be classified as residential. If it's anything more than four units, it is considered a commercial property, uh, even if it's residential units. Uh, very important to note that distinction for financing purposes, especially. Now, next is specialized real estate. Uh, now, it's not talked about a ton, but it could be great ways to get in without buying your own property all by yourself to start. Uh, so first, uh, I mentioned this in a previous episode, is real estate investment trusts or REITs. Basically, real estate mutual funds where you can invest a small amount of money if you want, but across many projects and deals. You can invest through your brokerage usually, but can also do that through specialized platforms as well. It's really important to understand historical performance on these, just like you would with any other investment you would make. Um, look at fees associated with those investments, with these REITs. And also, does it fit into your goals in terms of how you want to diversify? Does it fit into what you're looking for in terms of location, types of projects, et cetera? Uh, second, in, when it comes to these specialized real estate investments, uh, is partnerships. So owning real estate, one or many properties as part of a, usually a small group. It can be larger groups too, but usually it's a smaller group. One key thing here, and I explained this in one of the listener questions that was asked earlier, just because you are friends with someone or you have family that is interested in investing does not mean you should partner with them. You really need to be aligned in terms of goals and a vision. I can't stress that enough. It's extremely, extremely important to have a plan and to be partnering with the right person or people. Lastly, real estate syndications. Now here, you are one of many investors in a single deal. So similar to REITs, 
you look at performance of what the syndication has done uh, in other deals the management has uh, done in the past uh, and make sure it all fits into your goals. Um, so it's really important to kind of understand all of that. Typically, they provide decks and perspectives and what have you. Review those and, and understand what they're about. And if you need help reviewing them, uh, make sure you get the proper help as well, which, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, benefits and risks of real estate investing. Uh, just like with any investing, understand what the benefits are, understand what the risks are. So let's talk about benefits first. Passive income potential. I'm not a huge fan of that concept, of the, of the actual phrase passive income, um, because it implies you don't have to do any work and you just rake the money in. That's not true. Everything that's worth doing requires work. There's no substitute for that. Um, there is work required for what you put technically is passive income too. Uh, and there's management required. But the point is you have an asset that is consistently income generating. There's a massive benefit there. And, and it's worth considering at the top of your list when it comes to the benefits of real estate investing. Tax advantages, deductions for mortgage interest, property taxes, any repairs you do, depreciation. These are massive benefits as well on top of the opportunity for passive income. Uh, portfolio diversification. You might be investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, crypto, et cetera. Um, adding real estate to the portfolio is probably a pretty good idea, especially given uh, a lot of the benefits that it's brought to people in the last you know, 10, 20, 30 years, especially. Um, appreciation potential. Now, you can have something that is consistently income generating and grows in value unlike any other asset. I mean, just ask yourself that question. It seems like a no-brainer whether or not it should be part of your long-term wealth-building plan. Now, let's go through the risks. Of course, there's market volatility, just like with any investment. There's the economy, there's interest rates, there's jobs, all that kind of stuff. An important point here is that you shouldn't look at the general market only when it comes to those factors. It's far more important to look at the local market. Understand what the local market is doing and how that's going to impact your investment. Property management challenges. Now, managing yourself has a time cost. Believe me, I know. I manage a few properties on my own. They, they happen to be close by to where I live, so that's why I go, go down that path. But if you get property management, it has a financial cost. So that's what I do for properties that aren't close to me. So weighing that and what that cost means, whether it's time or money, into your overall equation is super important. Understand what those challenges mean. And then financing risks. Interest rates are higher for investments, for real estate investments, um, meaning you're investing as a rental, not as a primary residence. Down payments are higher in those situations as well. Insurance costs are higher because you're using it as a rental and not as a primary residence. Insurance companies tend to think, well, it's probably going to get pretty beat up, right? Because uh, the owner is not living there. So these are all things to consider when you think about financing. Uh, and when you think about the risks in particular. Uh, due diligence and research. Let's talk about what you need to do to kind of really understand uh, whether or not something's a good investment or not. The first is market analysis. Where you choose to invest in terms of location is the most important thing. Um, it's probably the most important decision you'll make when it comes to um, real estate investing. Um, so understand the location, do your research, talk to the right people, have boots on the ground there. If you're not there yourself, go visit that location. All these things matter. Uh, demographics and trends. 
is there population growth? Why is there population growth? Where are people coming from? For example, I recently invested in Dallas. The reason I invested in Dallas was I saw there is population growth, and I found out there's a lot of folks moving from California. Um, obviously, you know, folks in California, they tend to be pretty well-to-do, and they, they want to get away from the high costs in California, but they typically have good jobs. They're bringing those jobs over. A lot of them are entrepreneurs. These are things that helped inform my decision to invest in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now, to that point, job and economic growth. It's self-explanatory, but more opportunity for residents of an area typically means more opportunity for investors. Next is a property evaluation. You want to look at the property condition, right? You don't want a money pit unless you know there is some work to be done and are prepared for it. Uh, if you're looking for something moving ready, but you know, you're being presented a property that's a gut renovation, it's probably not going to be a fit. So understand that and really look at um, what needs to be done to get that property to the point where it's going to be generating cash flow for you. Number two is comparable sales analysis. So look at the comps. This is what helps you determine what is a fair price and how the market is reacting to similar properties. If it's overpriced, factor that into your decision. If it's underpriced, factor that into your decision. It's going to impact how you handle contingencies as well. Rental income analysis. This is what helps you determine what the cash flow might look like. There's two sides to this. Is the cash flow and there's the appreciation. So that's why both the comps for the sales as well as for the rentals are important to consider for any investment decision that you're planning to make. Financing and cash flow. Now, these are important because this is what's going to this is where the money comes in, right? First, you got to understand what your mortgage options are. Like I mentioned, for investment properties, uh whether you're doing a flip, a long-term uh, rental, or what have you, the financing is just different. So understand what options are available to you. Number two, cash flow projections. What are your costs going to look like? What is the revenue going to look like? And essentially, what's the profit going to be on a month-to-month -month basis? Is it sustaining? Because that's ultimately what's going to determine whether or not uh, it's a good investment. Lastly, contingency planning. Understand which contingencies you can use to your benefit and which ones you're not going to be able to use to your benefit for whatever reason. I mean, if it's a gut renovation, your inspection contingency is probably not going to matter that much, but your appraisal contingency is going to be super important, meaning understanding what the actual market value is if you are getting that loan, right? So understand inspection contingency, appraisal contingency, and mortgage contingency as you do your planning around what the offer is going to look like. Uh, now, in terms of risk mitigation, you want to diversify, just like with anything, you, you, any investment, you want to diversify your risk. You want to spread it out as much as you can. You don't want to spread yourself thin because that's going to that's going to create a situation where you're you're trying to do too much, and whether it's like flips, long-term rentals, short-term rentals, et cetera. Um, but you should spread investments across different property types and different locations. Doing it all in one place is not a good idea. Do Try to do it everywhere. Also not a good idea. So build a plan and spread investments out in a thoughtful way. Investing in different asset classes as, as well. Just like you would in, in stocks and bonds and, and invest in different asset classes, you want to do the same thing when it comes to real estate. Now, lastly, professional help. The worst mistake you can do here, uh, well, there's a lot of mistakes you can do here, but, but, but one of the biggest mistakes you can make here is not getting the right help. 
yes, a, a good real estate agent, a local real estate agent, someone who understands investing in that particular area you're looking to invest is super important. So get the right help. Get someone to help you, someone that's on boots on the ground. Property managers. If it's a property that's not going to be close to home for you, um, you know, seriously think about uh, hiring a a uh, a property management company. Uh, you know, do your due diligence to hire the right one that fits the goals that you have in mind for yourself and for your partnership or what have you. Legal and financial advisors, attorneys play a role here. You know, folks that uh, understand your financial situation, your accountant, etc. These folks will also play a role here. Get them involved so that you know exactly what these investments mean for your financial situation and also what risk there is as well. So that's where the attorneys come in. A few tips for success that have helped me, and I know I've helped other investors as well that I, that I know. First, the education and networking piece, joining real estate investment groups, especially local ones. You know, even if you're not trying to, like let's say you're in Greater Boston, but you, you know, Greater Boston is too expensive, right? And you don't want to invest in Greater Boston, but you want to network with other people. There are ways you can, you can meet up with other investors locally that do invest in, in other states or maybe even countries. So join those groups. Meeting in person makes a huge difference. Not only will you meet with those other investors, you can meet lenders. You can meet maybe a potential partner and, and learn from other investors' experiences. Continuous learning. So there are all types of online communities, all types of online uh, resources. One that I particularly like is called Bigger Pockets. Um, Bigger Pockets is an amazing resource, has all types of forums for different types of topics, different locations, et cetera. And they have awesome online calculators as well for investors. So highly suggest you check them out. And again, I use them myself, not only for my real estate deals, but they've helped me connect with some important partners that have helped me invest in other areas. So particularly with the Dallas deal I mentioned earlier, they were instrumental in that. Also, in addition to education and networking, it's super important to keep a long-term perspective on this. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. You got to have some patience and you got to have some perseverance. It won't be quick and it won't be perfect. I can promise you that, but it'll be worth it. And that's what's most important. And you know, keeping a long-term perspective too will help you build a sustainable portfolio, a bunch of assets where someone else meaning your tenants probably, or people who are buying your flips or what have you, are helping you build equity and benefit from the appreciation and the tax advantages. Imagine just repeating that over and over and over again. There's a reason that the common denominator among the world's uh, wealthiest people is real estate. It's not a coincidence. So quick personal story here. A lot of firsts for me this year when it comes to real estate investing my first time getting involved in a syndication, my first time getting involved in a partnership, uh, my first time investing out of state, my first time hiring a property management company. Everyone needs to start somewhere though. I mentioned this in one of my first episodes, but I bought my first property in 2013. That's when I got my start and that's when I started to develop the bug. I learned, I made mistakes, I developed connections, I grew, and then I started to do things faster including the actual decision-making process. That property is now, the one I bought in 2013, is now a rental for me with positive cash flow. And because of the appreciation, it has helped me purchase a few other cash flow properties. Just like with anything, analysis paralysis is a real thing. If you want to make moves, 
you need to stop making excuses. And that's the most common thing I see when I talk to aspiring investors or, or people who need that extra nudge. Uh, they're just overthinking. Uh, and yes, you want to think and you want to be educated. Of course you do, but you're never not, you're never going to know everything right before you dive in. So at some point you've got to take the jump. There will always be a reason not to do something. But I mentioned that long-term perspective earlier. It's the moves and decisions you make today that will really start paying off in a couple of years, in five years, 10 years. Again, I bought my first property 10 years ago, without a doubt, the best financial decision of my life. So to close out, real estate investing is an exciting world. It certainly excites me. Uh, there are entire communities built around it. There are all types of resources to help you get started, but it starts with you. Start with a REIT, check out bigger pockets, research different locations, put together a plan, get the right help, learn from others in terms of what to do and not to do, and then just do it. And then, you know, maybe you need to partner with somebody else to help you, and that's okay too. But it's simple as that. You just have to go out and do it. Hopefully, this episode arms you with some of the basics to get started on your journey and how to think things through. But always feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, text me, email me, whatever, and I'm happy to share additional thoughts specifically for your situation if that would be helpful. That's all for today, my friends. Thanks for joining us today. Storytime is a production of Affiliate Media. It's produced by Ari Matei. Follow me at Saad Munir, that's with a one, so S-A-A-D-M-U-N-1-R. And follow Tori at ToriHolmes.com. That's Tori with two I's. Once again, I'm Saad Munir. Until next time.